Hey, I I, I got some shit for that. Yeah, that's fine. We can talk about that for sure. Fucking sure. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. 75 million in year one. Let's just start this off right now. If you want to add more, you can throw it in the chat function and we can talk about it. But 126 million guaranteed. 160 million total, <laughs> 75, 75 million in year one, walking out the door with crutches, probably with a check for $66 million to play quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Angel, how are you feeling about Dak Prescott, who uh, your boy Michael Irvin said? Oh my God, don't. I just, is like <laughs> the closest thing we have in this league to Tom Brady. Oh my God, the uh, the blasphemy that comes out of people's mouths when things like this happen. I'm doing the I was doing the numbers on my side while you were writing that four point four million dollars a game. That is his game check, ladies and gentlemen. He is Dallas Cowboys pride and joy, and Jerry Jones doesn't like him. I don't understand how. Okay, you so Russell Wilson, three places he wants to go now. <laughs> yeah, um, unless unless you know they're trying to stick it to Seattle with this contract. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's it's insane, you know. It, he we saw it. It was a lie. It was Saturday or excuse me, Sunday game of the night, and he broke his ankle, and bad break. It was an awful break. Okay. Uh, granted, these guys they come back crazy fast and healthy we've seen him that he was walking around with the crutches in the air at practice at one point a couple months after but there was a lot of questions on if he was your guy that's why you weren't paying him that's why it was a big struggle that's why you're paying all the pieces around him because you didn't believe he was your guy and now you come out and put 126 million guaranteed in his pocket, and then you make it cute and give him 75 million in the first year. Like Dak, we always loved you. We just needed to move some things around. Now we I can mean, pay you. I mean, let's for look at four the- years. Four years. That's all you got him for. You didn't sign him for. You didn't sign him for twelve years. You didn't sign him for a big long time. You signed him for four years. So you're paying him all this money, and you still don't guarantee him a long term. You still don't really like him. And there's a 2025, 2026 uh, that is forty million a year, and that's both voidable. So they can cut him, no, or trade him without any. Uh, any penalty or any dead cap. So is that year two? After year two? 20, I mean, that's years. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's keeping his base salary. Uh, That'd be years four and five. 
potentially. It depends when his contract kicks in. It might be three and four or it might be four and five. Okay. Uh, but uh, they're also – it's technically only a $156 million contract because it's got a $1 million Super Bowl bonus, and that's not happening. Okay. So now you have him for <laughs> six years. You don't even sign up for a long time. And, hey, you made a nice and clean cut if he doesn't work out for you. So now that you have him signed and you signed him for a lot of money, (laughs) (laughs) what are you going to do next? Are Are you ready for some numbers, Angel? Please. I love when we do this. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott in 2021 will account for let's see here holy shit 17.3% of the entire cap for the Dallas Cowboys all right hey man you know you got to pay your key pieces i think you add Amari add Amari Cooper's 20 million in there that's like 21, 22%, right? You're paying 22% of your cap is going to three guys. And they're not offensive linemen. <laughs> I just I wanted I wanna sit in a room. By the way, it's it's more than that. Cause oh, sure. uh, Amari is Amari and Amari and Dak are both 10.7% of the cap for next year. Okay. For 2021. And Zeke is 6.6%. So we're talking close to 30, probably 28% of the cap if we're rounding. Uh, Yeah. I I just want to watch the Super Bowl with Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott in the same room and just show hit Patrick Mahomes running around, making miracles happen, and still getting blown the fuck out. And be like, Dak, what do you think you can do differently? Back up, tackle. Back up, tackle. I don't – you keep saying these are backup tackles he had, all right? Stop. Stop. Talk about – Yeah, that's all Dallas can afford now is backup tackles. (laughs) These same tackles of the Super Bowl. These are Super Bowl tackles, Dak. Yeah, the ones that Patrick was running from. <laughs> like compared are... to compared, like Patrick Mahomes' O line, like they with what gotta... Dallas can afford right now. Like, are they who? Who are they paying on defense? Anybody? I mean, they had eighteen million, so now they're about to go into the cap, kind of crazy now. Who who are you going to pay on defense? Because that was the part that was really bad. You you had a host uh, at one point a historically bad defense. Seattle and uh, Dallas had a really bad defense for a very long time in the stretch of week three and like week ten. I mean, and here's the thing: you're paying Tyron Smith your left tackle next year ten point five. You're paying your guard fifteen. At one point, the Dallas Cowboys had the best or one of the best uh, offensive lines in football. Yeah, not anymore. That's when mm-hmm. Zeke was really eaten. Uh, yeah, it looks like 
Yeah, the vast majority of their base salary and signing bonuses are going to be to Dak, Amari Cooper, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Ezekiel Elliott, Lil Collins. So, yeah, I mean, potentially they're just not going to have a defense at all. It looks like they're paying Jay, Jalen Smith a little bit. Uh, he's getting $9 million, $8 million. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is coming in looking like a steal at $4 million. And then, I mean, he had a down year this year, so maybe you could cut him a little smaller deal. Demarcus Lawrence is just going to get cut. Because there's no way they're going to keep paying him. They're going to pay, be able to pay him $22 million this year. $22 million? 17 base, $5 million signing. So technically, oh, I think he only counts 17 against the cap, but that's still a lot for a D-end who's not someone I remember. Ooh, man. I mean, you got Alden Smith that played really well last year. I don't know if you have him signed for this year. But, man, I don't know. You got Diggs at a rookie deal. I think Donovan Wilson is a second-year guy. Right now, this is a very top-heavy, kind of sad roster. I'm just on spot track looking at the Dallas Cowboys cap. And, yeah, it's, it's not looking amazing right now. I mean, Michael Gallup's making $3 million. I mean, you got C.D. Lamb. You maybe want to think about just cutting him. And at this point, you really don't have – Blake Jarwin is your starting tight end. Like, a, lot of guys, a lot of tight ends didn't get tagged. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. What, are they, they going to make a run at Gronk? What are you going to do? Uh, no, you got to go draft one. Go draft one in the fifth round. Six, I mean, you're going to have to draft great. You're going to have to draft great now. You're going to have to. They got pick 10. You got to get an offensive lineman there, or you got to get a pass rusher because you got to find a way to get a good, solid piece for your 126 million guaranteed quarterback. They've also got 9 million in dead cap space. They are still paying Gerald McCoy $2 million. <laughs> and then, and then I don't know, you go offensive line first round. And then your next two, your next three rounds, you go defense. Find a pass rusher, find a linebacker, find a, another DB. Man, here's the thing: they were looked, they looked awful in. They they couldn't win the worst division in football. They couldn't go eight and eight, and they're they're not Mike losing McCarthy anybody. They're, they're just running it back with a team that couldn't do it the year before. Mm-hmm. It's like watching uh, old school Phoenix Suns when they had Amari and Steve Nash. It's like, we know how this is going to end. Well, You're going to run into a brick wall. Well, the thing is that the offense was putting up, they're averaging about 35 points a game. They were truly, truly, they were, Dak was running all over the place. They were putting up points in the air and he was looking really good before he break his he broke his ankle because he had to do a lot of running around and he was on the field a lot because that defense couldn't hold up. So going into this year, you just said you might have to cut one of the key pieces on that line because 
you need to find more money for other pieces. I think you could trade him for a first round pick. I think Dexter Lawrence is a good. I mean, if he gets traded to, I don't know, Seattle just cut Carlos Dunlap. You could trade him there. Um, possible sending him to the Chargers for their first round pick. I mean, I would say off the bat, you should be trying to pick up like a Hunter Henry, but you can't afford that anymore. No, you can't do that anymore. I, I, I mean, technically, this deal gets a little bit more favorable for the cap like next year for Dak, like as it goes on for Dak. Mm-hmm. But I don't like, I just don't like Dak's a guy for sure. Dak can keep you competitive. But I mean, we've seen quarterbacks better than Dak Prescott after they sign a ticket like this and not like this, but compared to the cap at the time. And it very rarely works out. I mean, Russell Wilson signed a big ticket and he got close, but I mean, eventually you can't make miracles happen every single day, every single week. Yeah. I don't, it's going to be very interesting to see what Mike McCarthy does here now because that's another thing you got Mike McCarthy who may or may not be an idiot (laughs) and you got to see what is this game plan going forward because now you're going to have your team um ready to go full healthy everyone's signed everyone's happy everyone's ready to go on the offensive side of the ball you're gonna have to draft very well on the defensive side of the ball I hope Dak's happy it's on him now Imagine, man. Imagine he just doesn't show up to the numbers. That'd be crazy. Crazy to think Dak is a quarterback that can't put up 10 wins in a horrible division like this. But, you know, this division, um, they're better. I mean, I think next year this division goes from three – from, I mean, from four to six wins to – eight to ten to win this division because Washington I feel is one quarterback and a good receiver away. Um Danny Dimes and Barkley coming back with giving him some receiver help and their defense is good. The Eagles they get rid of Wentz. They get some picks coming in. They got Hurts now full time. He's gonna take full reps and they gotta work on their defensive side of the ball. I think the Eagles right now have uh, the most to work on, but all their pieces are still pretty solid for that division. So for Dak to come in with the best team on paper in that division, you can't put up 10 wins at $75 million your first year? I, I don't know. I feel like the contract should have found a way to pull the plug right away because he got a bad ankle. You don't know how you're going to come off that. Granted, I hope you come off well because you are the key piece to bring this forward. And guess what? You just took all of the defensive money with this contract. You wanted to get paid big. Here it is. Okay. You better find a way to put up 40 points a game. I don't see it happening. 
And honestly, I mean, you're very lucky because the Washington football team currently doesn't have a team name or a quarterback. The Eagles are really starting from scratch, but the Giants are a team that if Danny Dimes pulls it together, they could be a legitimate contender. That That's not an easy game for the Cowboys to get out of. And they're going to have to play Washington's defense twice. That is a top five defense going into next year. Yeah, that's a potentially a top five defense going forward. Yeah. So if they're one good quarterback away from kind of taking over that division, man, honestly, honestly, if Dak doesn't play to his potential, doesn't play to his money, watch out with Washington. Yeah. No, I think we completely agree. Like Washington – Impressed the hell out of me. They maybe gave Tampa Bay the biggest shock of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like there was a good chance. Like I was, that was the game where I was probably the least confident that in like the second half of the Packer game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I definitely don't see Tom Brady when I look at Dak Prescott. I don't know oh, what man, Michael that, Irving's on. But... That quote is the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? How do you where, – where do you see that? Where on earth do you see that Dak Prescott is in the level of Tom Brady? Don't. He is Tom Brady after this Super Bowl is at a level where you cannot put anyone's name by Tom Brady's name if they don't have four rings or if they don't have the potential to get four rings. Is there another quarterback in the NFL that has three rings? Ben? Uh, no, Ben's too. There's not think, another. I don't think anybody has three right now. So I honestly feel like there's not one guy that you could put next to Tom Brady's name, and that includes Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about numbers now. We're talking about rings now. We're not talking about skill base. And no, 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 man. I ain't trying to hear that shit. Because Tom Brady's brain and what he does out there is so surpassing everyone that's in the league at this moment. At the same time, like, in what universe, again, Michael Irving is going to say whatever he has to say. He's going to sweat on first. He's a Dallas sweat. guy too, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to sweat through his T-shirt on first take defending Jerry Jones. That's just who he is. But I don't see any similarities between Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. Say Brett Favre. Say Aaron Rodgers. I would buy that more than Tom Brady. Like, that was the most preposterous quote that I've heard in a long time. <laughs> it was absolutely insane to hear them say shit like that because, like, where, like, where, where does this, where is it shown? I don't, when he talked about it, I still couldn't, I was like, dude, what are you even talking about? Sound <laughs> Brady, man. Yeah. The kid, the, uh, Guys need to stop doing that, especially with a guy that has a lot to prove. Still has a lot to prove. 
Yeah, it's it's not a not a great look for the franchise, and that is not the not the comparison I would want to put on Dak Prescott. That is the equivalent of the LeBron James and the Heat, not one, not two. That's and again, I, I would I don't think Dak Prescott is Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think in the right system he can win you a Super Bowl, but man. I don't. I haven't seen anything from Dallas in the last twenty years that makes me think they're a team that's going to push for a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because he was he was after twenty sixteen his rookie year. It was slowly started to deteriorate. So it's very interesting to see what Dak comes out. Hopefully Dak comes out as the comeback player of the year. If not, um, man, they kind of, I don't know, they should draft a quarterback in the 6-7 round and see if he hits a gem and get lucky, I guess. Because now you tied yourself to Dak for the next 6-7 years and you have no defense to help him out. So I don't know. It looks like it could be a Seattle situation for Dallas for a couple of years. Like yeah. after Legion of Boom leaving type of shit. So I mean shit, you could almost say right now, shit, Russell Wilson in the Seattle situation right now. I mean, they have one key defensive piece in Jamal Adams. I would say that Diggs is a poor man's Jamal Adams. So, Could be. I mean, there were times he looked really good last year, and there are times where he looked absolutely terrible last year and just got burnt. Right. So I don't know. Um, you got you've got a guy in CeeDee Lamb who could take a big step or he could not. I don't you don't know. That's the thing. You're paying a lot of money to know who your quarterback is when you really don't know that much else about your team. Right. And I I'll I'll be waiting for the Russell Wilson where in, you know, three years, Dak Prescott's talking about how he can't wait to get out of Dallas because he's sick of getting hit. Because, <laughs> you know, that's just – that, that shit goes hand in hand, man. Yeah. Like, again, Tom Brady just again took less money, you know? Like, he understands. Like, he might – I would fully anticipate Tom Brady going to the front and say, Hey, I heard Kyle Long just unretired. Get him here. He can be our sixth lineman. <laughs> you know? You can't hog him all down there. I'll, I'll pay him out of my salary. No. He's training at TB12 for free, you know? But that's like Tom Brady's always prioritized his protection and his weapons over his own pay. Granted, he's not paying for, playing for free. Nobody's saying that, but he definitely knows how to, you know, take less in ways these guys, I don't know, like they're taking a dollar today instead of getting a check for $20 tomorrow. Right. No, I got you. I mean, let's see, because there's a lot of key pieces that are free agents. There's a lot of tight ends that didn't get tagged. Hunter Ladies Henry's- and gentlemen, you're guaranteed.
no guarantee on the market. This is money back guarantee. And guess what? Dak Prescott, 126 million guaranteed. And we're going to be talking a lot of money back guaranteed. And it ain't going to be our money. It's going to be the franchise's money. That NFL money, that franchise tag money. My name's Jay. This is my co-host, Angel. And it's tag your it week in the NFL. And it is going to be a very interesting um free agency coming up because a lot of people that didn't get tagged are out there and free agency is going to be wild. Truly only, wild. Only one wide receiver got tagged today. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm laughing because it's not who you expect. It's uh, Mr. Drop-A-Lot. He got tagged. I mean, he got tagged only because uh, Tom Brady said he had really good hands. So that's Tom Brady's fault. Oh, never mind. Two receivers. I was talking about Allen Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> it is two. I, honestly, I'm so disgusted with the fact that Chris Godwin got tagged that I've, I've blocked it out of my memory. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my! What? How much is a wide receiver tag? Uh, nineteen or sixteen million. I think. Oh my goodness, that's ugly. Yeah, I. Man, I don't know. Like I, this is one time where I'm, I'm like, man, a little bit more Bill Belichick would be nice, Bruce Arians, because I get <laughs> it. He wants to like run it back with his guys, and like I, I will say this when. When Chris Godwin was on the field last year, they were a better team. But I don't know. They also didn't have Antonio Brown then. Exactly. And I think you can get Chris Godwin for cheaper. Like, I would have rather let him go and traded a six-round pick for Julian Edelman, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it would be very – I mean – He's not making 60 mil. I would definitely let him test the market. I would let him see what he would get out there, knowing he would get paid well. But there's still a lot of receivers out there, and that market gets a little washed. I think you could have still got Godwin on a decent deal. Now he's going to make $12 million, or what would you say, 16 16 $16 million on top yeah. of you trying to sign Barrett and you trying to acquire – other small but potential big pieces to your defense and offense so you could really truly run it back with guys that want to sign a one-and-done deal. But now you're dumping all this money into Godwin when you could have fucking definitely got a different piece in there for a lot cheaper. Yeah, meanwhile, you're paying Levante David less than he's worth and getting him to come back on a two-year $25 million. Yeah. Get him to like, come back for cheap just to – and you could have just signed him for a five-year deal 
and had him be the keystone to your defense for a couple of years. You're and, potentially late losing David and Tom Brady at the same time. I mean, Tom Brady's going to restructure. I mean, it's all but a foregone conclusion. However, I do agree where it's like, man, at some point, what are you doing? Because you've got Scotty Miller who, like – Right now, he's just a deep threat, but he could be more, and he's not expensive. Uh, you have Tyler Johnson that you drafted, and he's really good, like, every time he's on the field for the most part. Like, why wouldn't you get rid of a guy like Chris Godwin? Let him test the market, and if he wants to come back for two years, $24 million, let him do that, you know? Let him come back for even, like, two years, $30 million. Let him – let him test the waters and come back on his own. Let him play on a uh, contract with less guaranteed money, but more incentives and see how that goes. I don't, I don't know why that's such a bad thing. Again, wide receiver in this league is such an overrated position. And I know Tom Brady doesn't have like, I'm sure he's like describes to a therapist going to practice with, <laughs> Antoine Dobson and Kembrel Tompkins as his starting wide receivers in New England. But oh at the same time, like, could you have won the Super Bowl in a shootout? Yes, but like, the point is, you didn't have to. So, how about you focus on bringing back the part of that team that made Patrick Mahomes look very average and not overpay a guy and not overpay a guy who had more drops than catches in the playoffs. Yeah. That part, that part is wild to me. Cause I mean, I don't know. You make your money in the playoffs. You don't make, when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, you make your money in the playoffs, not in the regular season. And they paid, just paid a guy a lot of money who was super average in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess, um, I don't know. I feel like that's a Tom Brady call. I feel like, hey, man, we're going to tag Godwin. He's not really working on a deal with us and we can't lose him type deal. I don't know. I it's crazy. I don't know. But again, he's now, getting paid. I really don't understand. What is, the franchise is what? It's the average of the top three salaries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I would love to know what the what the contract negotiations look like. Like, what did they offer him? You know? What, what, did, what did they offer Chris Godwin that he turned down that they had to do the franchise tag? Was he looking for number one wide receiver money? Because you're, you're not going to get that. You're not even the number one receiver on your team. No. <laughs> How the hell do you expect that money? You're not Devontae Adams, bro. You're not that. And honestly, watch for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to cut O.J. Howard. Yeah, why not? Because if they cut him at any point, they save six million off the cap, and they're just—I feel like they're going to give. I feel like they're going to give that to Gronk or give that to somebody else. That they might. 
I mean, if you got to decide between Shaq Barrett and having OJ Howard, I think Gronk and Cameron Braid are just fine. Yeah. And you could just draft a guy and he'd be just fine. Yeah, I feel like that's a much easier replacement. And then let's talk about the Thieves of the AFC East. (laughs) Trent Brown from the Las Vegas Raiders gets traded. Trent Brown in a second round pick. Or no, Trent Brown in a seventh. Oh, sorry. Seventh round pick. For a fifth round pick. This is like the equivalent of like Randy Moss for a fourth. But Trent Brown isn't that old. He says a lot of juice left. So, you know, so they're making a move. They're making moves to fix this offensive line. Granted, Trent Brown is, he has one year with 11 million that needs to be paid to him. Which, for a starting tackle in this league, is not a lot of money. Exactly. And you use him for a year, and then you lose him next year if he's not good. Or in the middle of the year, if he's doing pretty well, you can finally figure out a way to get him into that 15 million range, but get him for four years. And now you have to potentially find a QB for him. And there's a lot of people saying that Cam is still that guy that could be the potential to be the right fit for right now for the Patriots. But a lot of guys are saying that the reunite the the reunion between Jimmy G and the Patriots is very strong of potential. So you as a Patriots fan. What do you see going on with Trent Brown's contract? And what the hell are they going to do at QB? Because they are sitting at the 15th pick. And they're sitting too far to get a high QB. Unless well, they trade down for it. Well, well, let's talk. Let's talk right now. Because they are doing a lot of really good things. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly for New England. Mm-hmm. And the good right now is Trent Brown and specifically the absolute brilliance of Bill Belichick. Keep in mind in 2018, the Patriots traded a third round pick for Trent Brown. They, and they got a fifth rounder back. They won a Super Bowl, decided they weren't going to pay him. He wanted a lot of money. Uh, so they didn't make an offer for Trent Brown and they got a compensatory third round pick. So basically they gained a fifth round pick. Now they are trading a seventh round pick or they're getting Trent Brown and a seventh round pick and they're giving up a fifth round pick. So basically in this whole Trent Brown saga, they have gained a seventh round pick had Trent Brown for a Super Bowl and now get a starting NFL caliber tackle for $11 million. Now, depending on who you talk to, uh, Joe Thune is not going to be franchise tagged. He's a starting guard for the Patriots. He's one of the best guards in the league. He's definitely going to get a lot of money. 
And I was never under the impression that the Patriots were going to pay him. Uh, so that is what it is. They had a draft pick, Michael Inouye, who will probably move to guard. He played tackle last year and guard is his better position, even though he did a pretty good job at guard. So I would imagine that Trent Brown is probably going to play right guard and not left guard. So basically they are maintaining a very solid offensive line. They might again have one of the best offensive lines in football. That's good. Uh, you might lose Mike uh, James White. You might lose – I think Rex Burkhead might be a free agent. So either way, your offensive line situation is very good. Your defensive situation, every player is coming back. That is very good. If you had to pick a year to not have Trent Brown, last year was a pretty good year to not have Trent Brown. Yeah. Um, so that's good. The bad is, to me, the rumors that they're thinking about bringing back Jimmy G. I think they need to be done with Jimmy G. Uh, the fact that I'm seeing reported means it's already too late because now the San Francisco 49ers are talking about publicly how much they love Jimmy G. I don't think you get Jimmy G for what Jimmy G is worth. I think it's going to cost you too much. I think they're going to ask for something crazy like a second-round pick or you know a third-round pick and – a depth player, which I don't think that the Patriots should be giving up anybody for Jimmy G right now. And if they get Jimmy G, it's going to be because the 49ers draft somebody. So you're already in the spot you were last year where you're behind every other team in finding the most important position, the quarterback. You don't want to be the team that's going into the draft, not having a plan. If you're not planning on drafting somebody now, I've heard, I've read, I've seen, nobody knows what's going to happen when the draft actually starts, but I have heard a quarterback could very likely fall to 15 or at least to 12, where it wouldn't be out of the question for the Patriots to move up and get it. It just depends on who they like. And they're very tight lipped about this stuff. So that, that is, that is not great. And then the ugly is just the, you know, I think the lack of moves is starting to be not good for the Patriots. I think they need to do something. And granted, it's franchise tag guy, franchise tag day, I should say. The deadline was today. So yeah. it's not like they were going to go out and sign a Kenny Galladay right now anyways. But I think they do need to start being – if not buyers, they need to start being movers. They need to do something that's going to make them seem more relevant. And it starts with, like, what are you going to do? I don't have – like, I'm a Patriots fan. I follow a lot of Patriots stuff. And quite frankly, I have no idea what they're planning to do with the quarterback situation. I haven't seen them mentioned in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. I haven't heard them linked to Deshaun Watson. I haven't heard them link to anybody since I heard they had a passing interest in Matt Stafford. So that leads me to believe that, you know, things are not where they need to be in new England. You wouldn't take a flyer on James Winston. He's in a contract. Nope. Created. I thought he signed a two year deal last year. Oh, that was, uh, what's the face? I, I just think you can do better. 
you know, and maybe that's just me being used to the Patriots having really good quarter play, quarterback play. And when they don't have great quarterback play, it's at least Cam Newton who has a set of skills. I just didn't see enough of Jameis Winston in New Orleans last year to be like, oh, yeah, Jameis Winston's got a lot of meat on the bone still. Jameis Winston can still play in this league. Threw a few passes here and there. But, I mean, I think it says a lot that when they needed somebody to start when Drew Brees wasn't playing, it wasn't Jameis Winston. Gotcha. You, you guys are also letting go of David Andrews? Uh, no, I think he's back. No, on this list here says he's a – still a free agent uh i'm pretty sure he he sat out last year i think with a medical thing so i i don't know everything i've read points to him coming back i know he loves new england doesn't really want to play anywhere else uh but we'll see i thought i i everything i've read has him starting at center this year so the patriots are just really I don't know. If he comes back, I think they'll have a top three, top four offensive line of football. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think you get worse adding Trent Brown. And Trent Brown loves New England. He wants to be here, which is always a bonus. Um, yeah, I just – man, I, I think I March think it's a win. is the free agency. Yeah, and I think they need to – they need to – I don't. I guess just remind people they're here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that a lot of people are sleeping on the Patriots, and they really shouldn't. Because the Patriots have a lot going on right now that could make them very dangerous, especially with a guy like Bill Belichick running the running the game. You know what I mean? No, I gotcha. There was an article saying that. They were looking to sign a big receiver. Yeah, I. Uh, but it would only come down to like, like who, like I don't know. It came down to something like super weird, like quarterback going into like the draft or something like that. It was a big ass ordeal about how Josh McDaniels had like a guy that he wanted, but it did, it was a very, a guy that they couldn't sit back on or some shit like that. I think it was like Trey Lance or something like that. And the receiver would come here if they got Trey Lance. And I think it was tied to like Galladay or something like that. Yeah. I, I, the fact that they have Matt Patricia on their staff right now as kind of like a, in that Nick Saban, like you're going to just be an assistant and get us coffee. And we're going to try to make people forget about what a terrible head coach you were kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's there, which was the reason allegedly Matt Stafford did not want to come to new England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's right. However, you know, you never know he might've had a decent relationship with Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is also young. This is his first contract. So he's looking probably for a little bit of bank Mm -hmm. and the Patriots historically, we've talked about it, do a horrible job of drafting receivers. So it does completely make sense that they would be in the market for a guy like Kenny Galladay. And I feel like that go up and get it receiver is somebody that 
they desperately need in New England. Because, I mean, that's the reason they drafted Nikhil Harry, and he just hasn't been that guy. Yeah. So they need to make big moves now, right? I think they need to make any moves, honestly. They just need to do something soon. You know what I, I think, mean? Uh, you know, I think who would fit well right now and there would be a key piece to that offense is uh, Juno Smith, tight end for – Johnu Smith? Johnu Smith for um, Tennessee. Yeah. <clears throat> Signing him would be major to that offense, especially that you guys have, like, zero big offensive threats over there Did, right now. So Didn't Colin Cowherd say they should draft Kyle Pitts? At 15? No, they should trade up to get him. Didn't I send you that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Who, who, who was it again you talk about? Howard, of course. Yes, there you go. You stop. Stop. We don't. We don't. We don't even talk. We don't say his name. All right. It's like Voldemort. All right. We don't say his <laughs> name. We just be like the one that should not be named was sitting here talking blasphemy about how franchise quarterbacks don't see UFOs. Get out of here with your nonsense, man. You're so bored. Do better. Do better for ratings. <laughs> Jesus. We're sitting here with way better content. We're not getting paid not even close to what you get. Well, My man's on the couch. Well, he's starting a podcast network, so we love Colin Cowherd. You know what, Colin? Listen to our show, Colin. Colin, I think you're great, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell out so fast I think for you, Baker, Colin. I think Baker sucks too, man, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I – the the Patriots situation, they, they just need to start acquiring talent because I think that defense is going to be very good. Uh, I think Gilmore and J.C. Jackson are both going into their last year, um, but they're under contract. Will they be extended? I don't really know. Probably not. I tend to think Gilmore is gone and J.C. Jackson might get a deal just because he's younger. Gotcha. And Gilmore – still very good he's still one of the best corners in the league but i think this is last year on his contract right yeah i i just i don't think i think he'll be like darrell revis where i think he's gonna want to get paid again and i don't think the patriots are gonna pay him for what he was worth when he was defensive player of the year and i think that's what he's gonna want but that defense is gonna be really 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 good and i think they might try to bring back kyle van noy Kyle Van Noy had said he wouldn't mind going back to New England. And I know New England loves Kyle Van Noy. So I feel like that might be in the cards. Um, so that would be actually fantastic. And if that's the case, this Patriots defense is going to be, you know, absurd. It's going to be back to where it was when they were, you know, doing okay against good teams and, dominating bad teams it'll it's a, it'll be a defense that can win the afc east for sure uh all right we'll see so, how it goes so it's, it, yeah basically it comes down to what are they going to do with an offense they need to get an offense and they need to again they need to find a signal caller they need to find a guy who's going to replace tom brady and a guy who's going to replace tom brady for the next four years not the next season because they're never going to be a bad enough team to get a top five pick. Right. I'm sorry. Unless they do something wild, like, you know, 
trade, you know, I don't know, if they extend Gilmore and trade him for a first, they pull what uh, what Miami did and just get a crazy first round pick out of a team that ends up tanking. I, I don't think I just don't see them ever having a low pick again. You don't so, think they can find a way to squeeze into the top five right now? Right now? Yeah. Right now. Like Gilmore, um, like try to package something crazy for that. So here's the thing. I think they could um, for the sole reason that I think they're a very complete team right now. Okay. So hypothetically, if the Patriots traded all of their draft picks, they probably won't, but like, they trade a first this year, a, the te- a 15 this year, their first round next year, their second next year, their second this year, and like their third and fourth pick. If they trade all their picks for like the first three days of the draft, I think they'd be fine as a team. And, you know, it just depends on what like a team like Miami, specifically it, it hurts them that the teams with the low picks, like, it sucks that Houston doesn't have that pick still. Yep. Because I feel like Houston, I don't know if Miami really feels like they want to let Bill Belichick go potentially get a franchise QB at three. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Just because it's in division where, you know, and the Jets have two. So it's the fact that it's so jumbled with the AFC East in the top five picks, I think hurts those chances, but I definitely don't think it's impossible. I I honestly have no idea what that's going to cost. It's going to cost a lot. And I think that could potentially, if you get like a Trey Lance or if you could find a way to get a, <clears throat> um, I don't know, Fields Falls at all. I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't understand Atlanta's situation right now with them saying they're going to keep Matt Ryan. Like, are they going to go with a rookie quarterback for a while? Are they just going to, like, do they want to move out of that spot? Like, what do they want to do there? Man, that's that's where it gets wild. It legitimately gets wild because – and I feel like it's very similar with, like, the New York Jets where I would feel more confident and I think I would give you more of a sure answer – if I knew for a fact what the Jets were planning to do with Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. like, are you planning on just keeping a former first round pick on the bench just in case as a backup? Like, are you going to put a guy that you draft potentially at number two overall in a quarterback competition with Sam Darnold right now? That seems like a terrible idea. And Robert Salas seems like a really smart guy. That doesn't seem like something he would do from all things I've seen, like I really haven't heard anything from a league source. I've seen it more from like your radio guys that they could move on from Tua. The Dolphins have made no indication that they're planning on moving on from Tua. No indication at all. So, you know, if they were to move Sam Darnold, which I think they should, if they're planning on getting a quarterback, I think they should do it right now because I feel like he's got more value right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem like what they feel like doing. I, I really don't know. I think it's it's very odd to me that nobody's moved. 
again, I think it's a disservice. I think Atlanta would, I think people would be upset if Atlanta kept Matt Ryan as a backup. Yeah. But at the same time, unless you're going to get Trey Lance or you're going to like try to find a second round guy like Kyle Trask, I think it's stupid. Like it sounds to me like all the guys in the top five, if you draft a quarterback in the top five, they should be ready to go. Maybe not Trey Lance, but at the same time, they're a little high for Trey Lance. Everything I'm reading now is that Trey Lance could be like Mac Jones could potentially go before Trey Lance. Yeah, but I saw something about Mac Jones dropping past 15. So if Mac Jones is there for the Patriots, I think that's an absolute steal. It is weird. The I don't know. We're also in like we're also in like uh what you call it. I also uh, seen one that Devontae Smith is going to the New England too. So, <laughs> bro, we're in like this weird, we're in this weird like draft comparisons zone now, uh-huh. and it's so fucking weird. Yeah, like I There's saw, so I saw Jamar Chase, and they compared him to Justin Blackman or DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> It's like, also, <laughs> why are you comparing anybody to Justin Blackman? Exactly. And then, like, I've seen Mac Jones compared to Tom Brady. I, I've, 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 he's been called a more mobile Tom Brady. And then he's been called just straight up Kirk Cousins. Jesus Christ. Hey, that's a pretty <laughs> big jump. Like, the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm the greatest this. football player of all time. Or Kirk Cousins. This, this mock draft right here has everyone moving. Like uh Russell going to the Jets and Zach Wilson going to Seattle. They have like they would trade their first round pick, number two overall for Russell Wilson. Yep. I don't hate that for either team, honestly. Then they have Houston trading uh Sean Watson to get uh, all of Miami's picks, and Houston picks Jamar Chase for Tua. Yeah, again, like, not a – I don't – we'd have to break all that down individually. Off the top, I don't really hate either of those things. Right? Depending on – a lot of – all these quarterbacks on the move just makes me do that. Like, there's just like ten, like five big guys that are on the move or get ridiculous contracts, and it's like, man. I was honestly thinking that, like, when we we're you were reading that mock draft, like, there are some guys who just get a little bit too wild with it, and mm-hmm. you forget that all these GMs have like jobs. And they're, they're not, they're, here's the, they're not like us, but they're like us where there are some days where it's just like, man, I just need like my boss not to notice I'm here. I need to just like, if I can finish like nine and six every year, my boss will give me a 4% raise to match inflation. He'll extend my contract. Like there, there are guys who like, yeah. If you trade your second overall pick for Russell Wilson, that's awesome. And if Russell Wilson wins you a Super Bowl, 
that's awesome. But if your offensive line can't protect Russell Wilson and you just traded Jamal Adams, so you don't really have a defense and new England starts being new England again. And then at the same time, Zach Wilson, who I saw described as a bigger Russell Wilson on a mock draft is exactly as advertised as potentially better than Trevor Lawrence. Then you look like an idiot and you are the guy who could have had Zach Wilson, but traded for a washed up Russell Wilson. Yeah. So again, it's like risk versus reward. And then again, you draft a rookie and you just bought yourself at least three more years because you're tied to how good he is. So yeah. Could that happen? Yes. I mean, I tend to think maybe one of those things will happen, but yeah, I, I don't see a lot of giant moves happening. All right. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. The money back guaranteed picks of the week. I think by far it was a it was a very 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 good weekend for the UFC. Those fights lived up to the expectations, almost all of them. Um, granted, it's really hard to. So I don't know if you, you saw the kick. You saw the the knee to Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, we're watching it, and the referee is—he said he grounded. <coughs> and when he says it, it's very loud. We hear it clear as day. He never says again at all. Like he's up, he's up, grounded. No, nothing. He just and his corner to say, all right throw the knee and he throws the knee and completely knocks out Sterling. I feel like it was a little played up, but granted, he took a vicious knee to the face. But do you think Belt should trade off at that point? I mean, he lost the fight. For the record, he also cost me a three-for-three three night because I was on <laughs> for all the other ones. So if you ask me right now, I would say that's bullshit because I really needed that win. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, the whole grounded fighter thing is interesting in ultimate fighting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, again, they used to have just – you could just straight punch a guy in the nuts. That used right. to be completely legal. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I at that point, if he's going to keep being downed, call the fight. You know what I mean? At some point, like, at some point, if the grappling goes on for too long and nobody's moving, you stand it up. Right. I don't – shouldn't have had yeah, – yes, by definition, it was an illegal knee, whatever. But same time, yeah. Terrible way to end a fight. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he did take the knee to the face and they did trade off the belt. Sterling is now the champion. And 
Sterling did have all the energy going into the fight. He was the aggressor, but Peter Jan was, I what I believe was winning the fight at that point, um, two rounds to one, because it got stopped in the fourth round, and I believe Peter Jan was winning that round as well. So. It's too know. bad they couldn't have called it a no contest. Yeah, I believe I feel like that's what it should have been, but the referee called it right by the book, and it was a disqualification because it was a knee, so the belt trades off. But I definitely think next time it shouldn't be no champion at the time. I feel like the belt should just be open, just like due to the disqualification of a champion, there is no champion in the bad weight division. This will be a rematch fight, UFC 258. I mean, you'd even give him the win. It does kind of suck that that's how a belt happened, a belt changed, especially when he wasn't winning the fight. I don't think I've read, not by my eyes, and I don't think I've read anywhere that had Sterling winning that fight at that time. No. He was definitely, at the end of that round, could have been losing that fight 3-1. to And so Sterling is a champion. I did call that. I did definitely thought it was going to be a submission. Um, Peter Jan did do a really good job of staying off the ground with Sterling. Um, Every time they did get into uh, grappling, Sterling was looked like he did have Peter Jan in a couple of spots where Peter Jan definitely did not want to deal with that. And he got up as soon as possible. Every time Peter Yan did have a takedown, uh, Peter Yan got up right away, did not want to deal with grappling with Sterling. So, I mean, I got that win. I mean, it comes from me, I guess. <laughs> I mean, next fight, I mean, <clears throat> Manda Nunez versus Megan Anderson. Um, the fight lasted just as long as me saying the title of the next fight. Um, Manda Nunes just takes care of business with a triangle armbar choke. <laughs> I think the first time in history you saw that just completely is just dominating these divisions. Um, I think the next person for Nunes is Valentina Shevchenko. 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 I think she needs to. Uh, do the training. You had her. You had her a couple of times. Just make the right adjustments, and you can see Nunez potentially have a fight last longer than one round. I mean, that's the way you have to sell it, right? You just yeah. have to find someone for Amanda Nunez that has a puncher's chance. Somebody who's going to come in with Muay Thai and not try to fight her fight, but is just going to go in and try to pace her and try to really knock her out mm-hmm. i mean the only other thing i saw online is bring back chris cyborg and give cyborg another shot yeah see how it goes i mean but maybe checking cyborg's, out cyborg's older now too so who knows right yeah i don't know what to do next for nunez but she is continues her dominance and all praise to her mm-hmm. and then the main event of the night um, I know Friday I did call Israel winning this fight. 
Um, I have my witness here for my live bet change going with Jan Blakovich because it took a while. It looked very interesting how the first three rounds of this fight went. It looked like Israel had him in the spot that he wanted for most of the fight, but he didn't create enough damage. He did not cause enough damage at all. And like I called it, uh, Jan came in 23 to 25 pounds heavier than Israel. And between the later Gee, portions... I wonder who said that. <laughs> the later portions of the third round and the fifth round, uh, Jan laid on top of him and went to work. Absolutely took him down and beat on him, pummeled him elbow punches and put Israel in such a bad spot and Israel had no idea how to get out. He had no idea because the weight was just too much. Yeah. Gee, again, who said that? Yeah, Jan looked uh Jan looked good and man, I've just we've seen it so many times with Conor McGregor going up weight. We're going to see it with John Jones getting up going up in weight. And man, I just, people aren't special. That's just how the human body works. Whenever you go up and put on weight, especially when you're eating pizza and burgers and steaks to try to put on that weight, which Connor did when he got gassed in the first round against uh, Nate Diaz. um, It just, it kills your cardio. And as you're going up in weight, you just can't do it. So Izzy did better than I thought he would. He was able to set the pace for, you know, two rounds, but a bigger body who's used to carrying that weight is going to be, is just going to have an advantage no matter what. And Conor McGregor had that magical knockout power with his left hand. And then what happens is you go up in weight and people have more weight behind their chins and a shot that might've knocked somebody out before isn't quite going to do it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he was at a complete disadvantage the entire time. It was a great fight. I don't think Jan is going to be a champ for very long. But, man, that light heavyweight division used to be the best in MMA. Mm -hmm. And it really misses John Jones right now. Need to get some fresh blood in the light heavyweight division. And your boy Alves lost, didn't he? Out. Yeah, he did lose. Yeah, so it's it's a tough tough situation right now for that that division. I honestly think that I, I, Israel said he was going to go back down weight. Yep, he's going I to one eighty five. I think it wouldn't be the worst idea for him to honestly stick it out and try to fight a little bit more at light heavy. But you know, he only he knows how he feels, Connor tried to go up a little bit too high and he didn't like it. And I don't think it's good for him anyways, but yeah, I mean, towards the end, you just saw him get gassed and you saw what happened when a bigger body with better conditioning in that weight class gets on top of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. uh, It is going to be very interesting to see 
um, what he does from there because he'll go back down and, you know, Robert Whitaker's there, Costa's there, Till is there. You know, there's guys in this division that make Israel a good fight. Also, I mean, maybe he finds a way to get to welterweight. If he gets a little skinnier, he could go to welterweight. Go fight with uh, it'd be it'd be very interesting. Wouldn't you want to see fights with uh, starting him off with Tyron Woodley, Stephen Thompson, work his way to Masvidal, Burns, Covington, Usman. It'd honestly, be interesting to see him in that division. Honestly, I'd watch him fight all those guys. Like he keeps trying to make a super fight with John Jones. He should be trying to make a super fight with Conor McGregor. He should be going for that BMF belt instead right now. I yeah. think that I think I mean, that's I think that's like right now a much more attainable fight for him. But I don't think uh, Connor is ready for that. I don't no. think Connor. I, I think Connor is. I don't think he is he either. But that's the dates. fight that they should both be chasing. Is what I'm saying. Like they should I, both be calling each other out. Talk the some BMF shit. belt. The BMF belt would be a lot better suitable for a Connor versus Nate. And there was Twitters of them going, I mean, Nate going at Connor and Connor just promoting what he's promoting. But Nate did say, hey, man, I'll fight you wherever you need me to fight you at. And right now, that probably that BMF belt would be great for Connor and Nate. But, yeah. you know, UFC is, uh, is, Always moving, and there's another two belts moving this this uh, at the end of the month. We have uh, the heavyweight belt, Mirchich versus Nganu, and then you have the featherweight belt with Alexander Volvalkovich. Jeez, these Russians versus Brian Ortega. Bro, so, these Eastern Europeans are taking over the UFC. They are, man. They are. They are taking over, and. It is very interesting to see because these belts are always moving and UFC 260 is another very, very big name card going into uh, April. And Sean O'Malley is on this card as well. And that's a big name favorite for me personally. And we also also get to see potentially Tyron Woodley's last fight in the UFC (laughs) if he doesn't win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's wild. And Woodley, Woodley's still very much a contender. I have to imagine the UFC would want to keep him on the roster. Absolutely. If he gets a win here, he could find a find a way to fight Stephen Thompson again, and kind of work his way up and see if he could get into names like Masvidal and Burns again. Yeah, it's. I don't know if he's ever going to be a title contender again, but he definitely has some, some good fights left in him. And I think, you know, we're not talking like Anderson Silva fights where he's just a a name for younger people to beat up on. Mm -hmm. He's got some serious, some serious fights and the way he fights just being more of a striker. I think it lends itself to lends itself to being more available. All right. And being more of a contender in that division specifically. And I definitely see Usman. Usman is definitely beatable. 
he is definitely beatable. You you just gotta guys gotta really fight him the right way. And I think Masvidal gets another shot with a full camp. You can see it happen. I I, I think I can see it happen. Man, Masvidal's got to come a lot better than last time. Then I mean, he had to cut so much weight in so much time, and I know, but contracts it was the biggest key part of it. I mean, they're calling that an excuse, though. He's got a he's got a man up. Yeah, that's true, but. He needs to get his name out there and get himself get himself out here and fighting again. So and also Curry. Yeah, you had a good night. Man, I had a good night, man. I had a really good night. Good yeah. weekend. You got you got absolutely friggin' saved by that knee. Yep. <laughs> Which course that would have stopped it from being not so great of a night but yeah you got saved by that knee yeah and other than that like i was kind of paying attention i really wasn't watching i was watching the all-star game but i wasn't watching the all-star game you know what i mean it was on but i wasn't it was like uh you know like mid-season baseball for me it was on tv i knew roughly what was going on i wasn't really paying attention though um yeah, Curry, your boy Curry showed out. Um, didn't quite hit the Obi Toppin, but you were dead on on Team LeBron. Yeah, Giannis looks like uh, looks like the real deal. Damon Steph exchanging range. They were uh, making all the old basketball purists all fed up with how the game was being played. So it was, <laughs> it was great. And I love that. Uh... We finally got to see Curry and uh, Steph on the – or Curry and uh, LeBron LeBron. on the same team. It's wild that that's the first time it's happened because they've – Curry's been an all-star how many times? Uh, A few times, but this is the first time they've ever been on the same team. Yeah, because it was was East and West, and then LeBron just never drafted him. What a dick. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Curry had his own team, and then Durant had his own team and picked Curry right away because they were on the same team. Yeah, it was a whole thing to it. But what would it be crazy to see LeBron and Curry on a in one season together? That would be pretty intense. Oh, <laughs> I can see it already. I can see it already, dude. LeBron oh, just dude. talking about how much he wants to play Steve Kerr style basketball. Oh. Like that. That would be perfect for old LeBron when he's ready. Thirty-eight, to just, thirty-nine, LeBron. When he's when he's just ready to ring chase doesn't want to like that would that would be his Brooklyn Nets which like that I mean that's where we're going now we're going to a place where yeah not one not two not three not four not five not six superstars you just need to have 10 superstars on a team your eighth man off the bench should be an all-star it has to be I mean I don't just I mean I guess that's how you're supposed to win these games. I mean, you only have 13 spots on the bench. If you have five superstars, you got the best odds to winning. But man, stacking the teams up, just the fact of you stacking these teams and it doesn't work, that I feel like that's the scariest part. Blake Griffin going to the Nets. Now that team is stacked four ways. 
And uh, they might get Andre Drummond too. And and they might get Andre Drummond just to just to cherry on top that thing. If they lose though, if they don't make it to the finals, <laughs> do you blow it up? I mean, it gets blown up anyway because Drummond yeah, Blake, and Blake, Blake decided is gone. end of the year deal. Yeah, but I mean, you're they, key pieces. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that. You know, it's just, just because. Well, first off, I don't see anybody else coming out of the East. You don't think the Sixers can make it, or the, or the Bucks? I you don't think, think any of these guys can with big bodies, man. Big body guys now. If they don't get Drummond, it's real tight. If they don't get Drummond, maybe. I just, man, I think you're forgetting about how good Kevin Durant is. I think Kevin Durant, he's a seven-footer. I mean, I think he can take out Giannis. He's an underrated defender. And they yeah. also have DeAndre Jordan, who's not bad at all. Yeah. He's a defensive key piece, yeah. Yeah. Again, like we're talking about the same. I mean, now he's MVP Embiid, but this is the uh the same Joel Embiid who every year gets shut down by the Boston Celtics. Well, I see the potential MVP and the defensive player being in Philly. So it's good to be different. Because they have shooters around them, they have a they have different guys around them that can carry up that they didn't have last year. So I see them getting past a Celtics team and really giving Nets a run for their money if they don't have if they're not playing a hundred percent. You know, because you get Simmons on Durant. And then you shuffle around guys and you play good defense and coach well because they're a very coach well team. Steve Nash? Or the Sixers. Sixers yeah, I'm just saying, Steve, Steve Nash. Uh, One-year team, one-year guy. He's a point guard mind. He ain't really doing nothing too crazy, man. He's just there. I I mean, that's that's your only argument, though. Legitimately, your only argument is – can they all mesh when they have to play? And I don't doubt that they're going to get played tough. I just don't know that you can. And again, a lot will happen. We'll see if they bubble and stuff like that. That can potentially go into it. You got to play a team like, you know, the Miami Heat who can get hot and can play with anybody. You have to play a Sixers team who definitely can play with anybody. Mm-hmm. I would say any given night, you saw it in the All-Star game. Giannis can take over a game. But, man, it's going to be hard to do it for four games. Yeah. That's the thing. If it was a single elimination, I would say probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you were talking best of seven. You've got to do it, and you've got to do it over and over again. And this is a – I was talking to you earlier today. This is a Nets team. If they get Andre Drummond, you tell me any one of those starting five puts up 40, and I'm going to be like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Let's see what happens there. I hope they don't get Drummond. I feel like that stacks the board really well for them going forward. 
I've, I think that breaks the NBA. Yeah. Quite frankly, like I, I, I try not to be reactionary. There is a piece that I think we should talk about. We'll probably talk about when it's a little bit slower, but uh, somebody came out and was talking about how the three point ball is going too far. Uh, but I mean, we, you started to kind of change the game when you got big threes and more importantly, you got superstars playing together, like the Miami heat, LeBron, Miami heat. But when you start getting six former all-stars on the same team, man, are you stacking the deck hard in a way that, I mean, it's just going to be super teams and Dame Lillard out in Portland trying to do it by himself. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Because Dame's not going anywhere. Well, let's see how these teams go. They start into – they start back up tomorrow, two games tomorrow for the NBA, and then – on Wednesday, everyone gets back to work. Um, I have picks. Uh, my picks, my two games in the NBA. I'm gonna pick them. I'm gonna pick out of those two games. I'm gonna go with the uh, Wizards money line. I'm gonna take them over the Grizzlies, and I'm gonna take the Mavs over the Spurs. And then I'm gonna throw a little hockey in there, and I'm gonna take the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take – I'm going over in the Wild Vegas game. I'm going over five and a half. Uh, I think I'm going to go wild to win. And I'm tempted. I'm going to look at the odds, and I'm going to dig into it. I might even take the reverse puck line minus – wild minus one and a half because uh-huh. the Wild have just seemed to have Vegas's number lately. Uh, I also think I'm going to take Colorado. They screwed me over hard against Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona Coyotes are not playing very good hockey consistently, and Colorado can give it to you on any given night. So I think I'm going to take Colorado, and I'm going to keep it minimal. I'm also going to take uh, Dynamo Moscow to win in regulation and uh, move on to the second round of the KHL playoffs. All right. Let's go Dynamo. (laughs) It don't Dynamo. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, that was a great show. Uh, Glad to talk to you guys again. Please uh, like, share, and subscribe to this show. You can find us on Instagram, money underscore back underscore podcast. Um. Yeah, check us out, man. Yeah, help us uh, help us grow this thing, and uh, we're gonna keep as long as we can trying to give you a little bit lighter show on Friday, where we just kind of you know don't take everything so seriously. We dig into some stuff, talk a little <laughs> bit uh everything else. Right. All right. Peace. Peace out.